Morning, everybody. Well, it's certainly good morning here from Singapore. I think it's late evening in London, but welcome to Net That Hall um, and the Compass Show, where we're going to look at or try to chart where we are now and, and where we're going, of course. And who better than to uh, to help us do that than uh, Chief Mate for this show, Nima. How are you doing, buddy? Hi, Marina. I'm doing well, thanks. Um, it's pretty late here, as you say, in London. Um, it's just about to hit midnight, so to timestamp it for the listeners, um, we've just watched the two games on Monday evening, and we're recording straight off the bat, so hopefully it's all fresh, and looking forward to answering your Q&A as well later on. Well, for our cricket anal- uh, enthusiasts, shall we say, straight off the bat, probably for me, means a bit of a thin edge straight through to the keeper for this week. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we'll come on to our team reviews in, in a second. Oh, and the first baller as well, just just to double check that. Um, anyway, guys, as always, this uh, not only is this on our YouTube channel, but it's also uh, on the podcast. So, Nima, which which streams are we on these days? Because I know it's growing all the time. Yeah, so we've just over the weekend had our final approvals. So you can find us on all the major podcast directories. Um, if you use Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple. And by nature of Apple, that kind of extends to everything else. So Overcast and all the other popular streaming platforms. Um, if you're listening on audio only, please do send us some feedback. Let us know how you find it. And I highly recommend checking out the YouTube and Twitter to see some of the graphics that we'll reference today. Yeah, and as with regard to YouTube, as we always say, if you are watching it on YouTube, please give us a like, please hit the subscribe button, and of course, hit the bell for future notifications. Right, so let's get into this week. Let's see how we did. Um, and as always, we only have two minutes to talk about our teams. So let's get you lined up, Nima, and let I'm going to let you loose now. Great. So um, I just about managed the green arrow this week once my auto subs came in. So I actually started out about 117k rank. I'm going to end the week at about 111k. So very small green arrow. I mean, kind of stuck around this outside the top 100k region for a while now. Um, It's my target annually to finish in the top 100,000. For me, my differentials uh, this week, so under 25% effective ownership, were Ariola, Concert, Diaz, and Aubameyang. Three of the four blanked. Um, only Diaz just about got something with his six-pointer. Um, I had 60 points all in all. Um, very fortunate to get the seven points from Watkins off the bench for Gundogan, who played zero minutes. And Rafinha, who I owned, got six points. My captain, Kane, 26 points. All in all, it was a pretty good week, I think. Um, just obviously my first week outside of the FPL Cup. Um, so I was a little bit upset about that. But one very exciting piece of news I'd like to say is um, I'm playing in the uh, FPL Connect UCL league they're doing on their new kind of uh, mini league website. And my head-to-head opponent this week was Mark Southerns. So I'm very excited to know that I actually beat the godfather of uh, FPL this week in our head-to-head. He captained Rafinha. So I'm really pleased about that. He benched Diaz. Um, I'm in a group of four. The top two go through to knockout. So right now, always cheating Josh and other podcast hosts. We're the top two in the league at the moment, and it's very tight. Ah, that's nice to hear anyway. It's always good. Look, a bit of name dropping as well there, mate. You know, oh, well, you know, I'm beating him, blah, blah, blah. Uh. <laughs> right, well, I've, I've lost the cup, so and I'm a big sucker for head-to-head, so now my next opponent just happened to be Mark Sovens. 
<laughs> okay, mate. So uh, yeah, so you got a, a after subs a green arrow. So four point five percent increase, and you are eighty four points off the top ten k. So maybe that's starting to get a little bit unachievable now. I think so. Um, there's only eight game weeks or so. Uh, yeah. I don't see that happening. I think top 50k, that's probably got to be where I aim for at the end of this season. <laughs> okay, mate, let me let me run through my disaster. As I say, the uh, the first ball edge through to the keeper, my game week. So, okay, 49 points. Um, overall game week rank of 3.4 million. So, yeah, not very good. I think that's probably my worst week for, for how I said, best part of 10, maybe 15 to 20 game weeks, oddly enough. But anyway, let me quickly run through the team for everybody. So, Martinez in goal, Shaw, Aspilicueta, who I brought in, enough said about that disaster. Uh, Cresswell, brought him in two weeks ago, no returns since. Uh, Bruno, Rafinha, <laughs> Gareth Bale. Oh, god son as well so you can see where this is going wrong chaps uh antonio injured off after i think 30 minutes bamford blank and then kane captain so at least i got the kane captaincy or else this would have been an utter disaster um on the bench ariola gundawan stones and adara bio didn't need any of them as it happened because uh son came uh son and bale did come on eventually but yeah, not not very good, um, to be honest with you. Um, I'm now look at 43 points off 1K. That's starting to get a challenge even for me now, I think. But I'm still going to go for it at the moment. I still think 43, is, 43 points is probably achievable over the course. But I might now need to take a risk or two to perhaps get there. Um, yeah, as for differentials, you know, Aspilicueta, Cresswell, Bale. Antonio, all failed. I'm said really. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> the Kane captain came in clutch for a lot of us this week. Um, yeah, I used to live in Lincolnshire. I used to see the red arrows flying over training all the time, so I'm quite used to red arrows. But <laughs> maybe not in FPL this season. <laughs> anyway, let's keep moving. So, okay, so what we're going to do as always now is we're going to move on to the fixture difficulty section. And what we like to do to start with is we like to very, very quickly look back at where we were previously. Now, of course, this is actually on the uh, previous pod and also on YouTube. And I think we put it on Instagram as well. So it's all there for everybody to see visually. But very quickly, last week, from the perspective of attacking, uh, City, Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea and Brighton, top five, bottom five, counting up Palace, Newcastle, Villa, United, Sheffield United and Wolves. And defensively, uh, Chelsea were top, followed by Brighton, Man U, Man City and Spurs. And at the bottom, counting up Sheffield United, who were dreadful with a rank of seven, Wolves, Newcastle, Everton and Liverpool. And just to remind people, it's a one to seven ranking. So seven is absolutely as bad as it can get. Um, Chelsea atop of the defence at one, to put it in context. Manchester City atop of the attack at 1.7, put it in context. And Palace 5.6, bottom of attack. So I don't think we need to really talk too much about that, Nima. 
um, let's get into uh, how we did with respect to the predictions, which I think is the uh, the first thing we'd like to, to run through briefly. Um, on the back of this information, which we use to try and calculate. So let's have a look. Uh, so the predictions. So talking through them uh, from, from top to bottom, um, the first fixture there, Arsenal nil, Liverpool three. Uh, well, I went for 1-1. One, one. You went for 2-2. Two, two. Neither of us got the result right. Um, the rankings, Liverpool 6th against Arsenal, 10th attack against defence. Arsenal 7th against Liverpool, 16th. So it, it looked like the attacks may well come out on top. But did we expect a 3-0 victory? No, I don't think Demon? so. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think I was expecting Liverpool to lose their clean sheet just based on the recent form. Um, I know we've been talking up Trent as an option either way, but it was more from the attacking point of view, not necessarily for the clean sheets. Um, I think what I will say, and we were talking about this before, this was definitely the worst Arsenal have played since um, like before Christmas in kind of November time, December time. So there was a stretch of about a month and a half where they lost every game after they beat Man United 1-0. This was kind of on par with that level. Um, they had two shots in the box the whole game, zero big chances, um, an XG of 0.39. Uh, this was as bad an Arsenal team as you could probably want to see just before they go into these great fixtures against Sheffield. And I think it's a real nightmare now. What do you do? Do you keep the Arsenal assets? Do you sell them? Do you buy them on wildcard? Like, we're going to come into that later in the show, but this match is really worrying, I think, for Arsenal attack owners. And I'd say it comes down mainly to Smith, Rowe, and Saka. Um, them not being there made a huge difference and Tierney going off injured is not a good look if that's going to keep him out for longer. No, it is a concern. I think on the flip example, side, what do you think about Liverpool? Yeah. Well, um, interesting. And I think there's a few that we, we reached out on Twitter and there was a few questions about, is it time now for, for triple Liverpool and things like that? And I, I, I'm, I'm a bit reticent to go there considering I've only just sold Salah. <laughs> <laughs> but bail, you know, right? I mean, you know, you've got Phillips, you've got Trent, you've got Yotta, you've got Salah. You've probably got pick if you wanted. You know, you could pick three from four out of those. I would, I would probably say. Um, but certainly now, Liverpool's fixtures are turning as well. So, and they are climbing now on the with respect to the the ranks. So uh, they are of interest for sure. Um, okay, um, we'll, we're not covering every game, guys, but what we are doing is we are putting all the details on the bottom of the screen with respect to the stats, if you want to go and reach look at those. But we'll very quickly touch on Villa against Fulham, and that finished 3-1. Um, and I predicted a 2-0 win for Villa. You predicted a Fulham win, Nima, so I get a point there and you don't. Um, I Again, though... You know, Villa 3-1, Grealish didn't turn up. Thank you, Dean Smith. He really is an FPL manager hater now, isn't he? For sure, with respect to Grealish. There's been a number of players, FPL players, completely going crazy about it. Um, it took them a long time to break Fulham down, but they did eventually. But, you know, we'll, we'll come on to the, the, uh, the character who did it um in a minute moving further on and again just to keep us going on this chelsea 
um, against West Brom. Well, I predicted a 2-0 win. You predicted a 3-0 win. And it was 5-2 to West Brom. Nima, what on earth happened? So, um, yeah, th this one was definitely one that caught many by surprise. I think there was even people as famous as kind of FPL general wildcarding in the 12th hour, bringing in triple Chelsea defence. Um, I don't think anyone would have seen this coming beforehand. Um, <laughs> the red card doesn't help. That, that definitely did not help. But even with 10 players, like, I, I don't understand how a team that had been so defensively sound under Tuchel up until then just completely imploded. And it sounds like it's kind of not really been much better this week. So, like, there's talks of Rudiger having a training ground bust up with Kepper and getting sent inside by uh, the manager. So, I'd love to know what that fallout is, but I would say don't let, like, one red card completely dissuade you from Chelsea defensive assets. No. Like, they still have the best upcoming fixtures. They're still in the best defensive form. I mean, the Twitter sphere went for Alonso, and Alonso got called out quite a lot for his positional play. I saw on the highlights uh, when I was watching them back, he was caught out of position quite a number of times. I'm wondering whether that's going to have an impact on on his minutes going forward. Whether Tuchel's going to go back for for somebody that's slightly more defensively orientated, Cresswell, perhaps. I'm oh, sorry, Cresswell, um, Chilwell. Uh, I mean. Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think from a FPL asset point of view, it was quite fun. Like, obviously, Alonso was almost playing like a second striker. He seemed to be on the end of like every single possible cross coming in. But I think that also means that their repercussions defensively were not great. Um, he was just not really there as a defender at all. <laughs> okay. Um, um, equally, though, I would say if you'd brought in Alonso, he was probably a one-week punt. So I, I would be looking to get rid on the wild card at this stage for sure. Yeah, spot on. I agree. <laughs> right. Okay. The next one then is um, <laughs> Everton against Palace. Um, now, of course, I didn't see this. I cannot comment whatsoever. You didn't watch it either. Um, but the numbers. No, no. Um, I just I just saw the lineup, which was a front two. So Calvert Lewin was playing not as a centre striker, but as a partner to Richardson. Right, okay. Um, and of course, he missed two. I think he missed two big chances. The result was 1 1. I went for 0 0. So I got a point for the draw there. Um, and you went for an Everton win. Um, and you nearly had that. It was, what, four minutes before the end? Yeah, I was surprised I by that. Tiny margins yeah, I was really between shocked those beers, mate. Yeah, tiny margins for those beers. Tiny margins. Uh, but um, and I think the other important thing to say is that because these, I think these uh, numbers were late going on to the websites. So I think from that perspective, our Everton and Crystal Palace data, which we'll refer to later, is not quite correct. Um, but anyway, in any case, we'll move on with the last one in the first section, which is Leeds against Sheffield United, the game that everybody was very, very interested in. It ended up 2-1. I went for 4-2. Um, and you went for 3-1. So we both got a, we both got the the, uh, the outcome right, but we didn't get the result right. I, I mean, did we underestimate how unlucky Rafinha is? Yeah, I think so. But equally, it was a bit <laughs> of a disappointment in, in all in all because, you know, most of us had like three Leeds players and, 
Dallas and Bamford both did up thing. So yeah, it was it was a real disappointment all around when you consider the many Rafinha captainers and like he just about <laughs> stuck the bonus point, so six points. Like it was okay, yeah. it was honest work. <laughs> all right so that's that one let's quickly flick on because i think people are more interested in what's going on next week than what happened last week but in any yeah, case less than ill less than ill man city two we uh i predicted one two uh you predicted uh three nil to city so i predicted two one to city both gets a point um not a great deal to i, th I think I think it's just the rotation side of things, which I think we've got a question later on, Nima, on rotation. So, should we come back to that one? We'll come to that then, yeah. We can look at City yeah. later and Leicester as well, wildcard planning as well. That's right, that's right. Manchester United 2, Brighton 1. Well, I said that Brighton would win, and I, and I also said that Dunk might score. He did hit the bar. Um, but And you went for a 1-1 draw, so neither of us got that one right. Um and a certain Mason Greenwood made an appearance, I, I thought. Interesting. Yes, I think that's exciting as well to keep an eye out. Maybe I'd want to see at least one more game week or so, but talks of kind of Anthony Marshall potentially being out for the rest of the season, that does kind of intensify the hype a little bit more around Greenwood, I think, if he's going to recapture his form from last year. And it's clear that he's a very talented player. So, you know, this is a slump, but he's a young kid, like, I'm sure he'll revert back to what we know he's capable of. Yeah, and I took a quick look at his stats, and he's actually underperforming this year rather than overperforming. So is that just balancing out, or is he due? We'll we'll have to uh, wait and see. Um, the I just realised I didn't move the ticker on. Never mind. Um, the next one is Newcastle against Spurs. Well, that's on the screen now. Um, and yeah, Newcastle 2, Spurs 2. Five minutes of complete madness, whereas a cane captain where I was shouting at the screen <laughs> and then toasting with my glass of wine, um, having just laughed a lot at anyone who'd brought a Spurs defender in. <laughs> but who'd have thought Newcastle, I mean, from, I think, ranking, where were they? 19th for attack they ranked 19th for attack and they got 17 shots in the box six big chances an xg of 3.15 and that's due that's hub uh 3.15 i think it's even higher on some other some other sides yeah i saw some before xg um i think there was some controversy around the rebounds apparently like it was only really like 2.7 xg but then the rebound shots had like high XGs or something, so that the context is quite key. But I think none of us would have thought Newcastle would go toe to toe with Spurs, um, especially not like actually dominate the big chances and the shots in the box. Like that, that that's outrageous. <laughs> it certainly was. Um, I, I just I think it just shows the how clinical Harry Kane is. I think that's what that's what really struck me. Um, you know, yeah, I think it, I wouldn't let this put me off like a Kane like option. You're gonna want to probably captain the guy in the double game with 32 against Everton. I agree, Southampton. I agree. Don't this like just that solidifies point. that plan, yeah, yeah. And, and Sun looked rusty, but hardly surprising. He's just come back from a grade one hammy, right? So, yeah, as know, long as we can be confident of him starting, like he's not a sell now. But I know if I was wild carding um, and I wanted to differentiate, I would probably like if there wasn't a double for Spurs, I'd only have Kane. Um, I think. If you already own Sun and you're not going to wild card before 33, 
you're going to have to keep Son. But maybe if you're wildcarding, you want to be a bit more exciting and maybe you just decide, I don't want Son and I'm going to buy someone else there for that position. So that is yeah. definitely an option I would be open to as a wildcarder. Absolutely, absolutely. So moving on again, and, and this is another interesting one, and uh, who would... Uh, we certainly didn't see Danny Ings coming back, did we, uh, in our predictions? Because Southampton beat Burnley 3-2. We saw... Um, I predicted Southampton would lose 2-1, and you predicted they would lose 1-0 to Barcelona. And, and Barcelona did turn up for a, for a few minutes, didn't they? And Vidra got his goal. I said he was due. Um, but then, all of a sudden, Southampton woke up from their recent slumber. And Ings scored the most fantastic goal. I thought that was outstanding. Yeah, he's on our radar, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's... More of like a move now kind of thing. Like, I, I would be getting him for this West Brom fixture. Um, I, like, I think he could even be a captain in this match. Like, I could easily see him getting a brace for a hat trick against West Brom. Yeah. But his fixtures are a bit mixed. So, I think if you did want yeah. him, like, now is the time to be there right now. And if you missed this West Brom game, it might be a bit of a kind of uncomfortable buy. Yeah. I mean, you've just given me an absolute brainwave. If Antonio's injured, that's where I'll probably go. I think before we were looking at the likes of Lacazette, I would rather go for Ings at this stage, maybe. No, I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. So, oh, well, that's at least at least this, this pod's done something. At least it's sorted my own team out. <laughs> I've just got to check out what I've got in the bank now. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, on, on this one, uh, Wolves against West Ham. And I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning, saw it was 2-0. And thought if West Ham keep a clean sheet, Masilaku had an assist at that stage. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I woke up at six and saw, oh dear, three two. Um, but it sounds like a decent game. Um, I predicted uh, West Ham would win, but I predicted a two nil win. And uh, in the hope of Cresswell got a clean sheet, of course. And um, you predicted a 1-1 draw. So, again, I got that right. So, um, I mean, Wolves, 15 shots in the box. You know? Yeah, that was uh, very four surprising. Big, uh... Four big chances. Uh, and that's before Jimenez comes back, who has transferred himself into his FPL team. Yeah, so that's got to make you think he's very close to at least making a bench <laughs> soon. Might just be a piss take just for all of us poor FPL managers. He's maybe he's maybe mates with Dean Smith. Maybe maybe he heard about the controversy at Aston Villa and decided yeah. to troll some of us. It could be David. It could it could be uh, Nuno actually telling everybody to do things to throw people off the trend. Yeah, Have you exactly. thought of that one? I think hell. Yeah, that, that could Conspiracy be it. Theories. I think West Ham. What, what one thing we did probably want to say is that. As you say, um, we were probably expecting a clean sheet against a quite kind of weak Wolves attack of recent times. But this kind of Declan Rice injury, and it sounds like it's going to be about four weeks. So I don't think that makes the kind of defence from West Ham as appealing. Um, yeah. If I was wildcarding, Cresswell was like one of the first names originally. But if you kind of didn't buy him cheap and he's coming in at 5.9 million into your team, 
I think you could do a lot better and not kind of go down that route. It's a very mixed <laughs> set of fixtures. And I think Rice is way too important for their clean sheets. Completely agree with you. And that is why I am looking at probably moving him on and maybe bringing someone like Masuaku in by about 34 as a cheap option. Because I do like the fixtures going on. But uh, but yeah, so that's the end of the outcomes. Um, we'll just cut, summarise with the head-to-head. And there we go, Nima. I'm afraid you're now 2-0 behind. So the beers are on you. I've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, beers are on you. And I'm and, and the Mariner's coming to London soon because he's getting his injection today. Woohoo! <laughs> I think to, today's games were the ones that done me... Um... Yeah. I think I was one point ahead, wasn't I, on the predictions? And then both today's results you got right and I got five, wrong. Five two to the Mariners. You'll never hear that. You won't hear that in a, on a, you won't hear that at Blundell Park. <laughs> <laughs> never. Anyway. So uh, I never thought I'd be so excited to have an injection. <laughs> right. Okay. Very quickly on to other bits and bobs. Um the Hall of Shame. Jamie Vardy is not having a party. It was the not gone. It was on my screen before. It, it's, it's, it's disappeared. Whoops. Let me go back. There we go. Mariner's having a bloody nightmare as usual. Um, again, and the reason I put Vardy in there is that he enters the Mariner's Hall of Shame, the Grand Slam of Shame. Vardy XG 0.00 XA 0.00. That is very worrying for me. Um, who joined him? Iose Perez, Lacazette, Odegaard, Lucas Mora, Lalana, quite a few actually. Um, Leandro, Leandro Trossard has gone from Bossard to Drossard, has he? I'm not quite sure. But only 63 minutes to enter the Hall of Shame. But also, we cannot underestimate how the Hall of Shame has shamed people into fantastic performances because a member of the Hall of Shame last week was Trezeguet from Aston Villa. And look what happened to him. So there we go, Nima. All, West, all, all Villa fans, praise this section, you know, um, maybe Trezeguet watches. Maybe Trezeguet watches net that hole. <laughs> he needed that encouragement. Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and and the next one, and this is over to you because this really is your. This is this was your predict. This was your selection, Nina. So we move on to the troll yes. of the week. And look who so it is. So you need to tell us about this story. You need to explain the picture, perhaps, for the people who are on the uh, on the pod as well. But uh, it is our yeah, I think friend. so. so this was like exactly. So last year, um, there's a famous rapper called Dave, and he's got a track called Tiago Silva. And at Glastonbury Festival, it was like a 15 year old kind of middle class white kid came on stage with his little hat and feeler man bag if you want to call it that, or purse, I don't know which. And he basically rapped the entire Tiago Silva song, and it was incredible, actually. But um, he went viral, this Alex kid, and I just kind of saw this uh, Photoshop of Tiago Silva with the same outfit as Alex on the day when he was on stage at Glastonbury. 
And I just couldn't resist. Like, Thiago Silva, you know, what a better person for Troll of the Week than the guy who single-handedly came back from injury, was supposed to be, like, the saviour of the Chelsea defence to make them even better than they already were, and instead cost every single person points. And I think most Chelsea defenders got, like, zero points or one points, with the exception of Alonso, who's some captain for his three-point haul. (laughs) So, yeah, I think we thank Thiago Silva for that. You see, Mariner didn't understand that. He just thought you meant he was on the beach. <laughs> um, I, I wish that's all he was doing, but um, I don't know what he was thinking with his second yellow card. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't good, was it? As an Aspilicueta buyer and uh, as a differential captain as well from the from the matchup show, I wasn't impressed. But uh, what to do? These, you know. FPL, a game that just keeps on giving, right? (laughs) So, okay, so that's my section. So uh, what I'm going to do, Nima, is I'll transfer across to you uh, and uh, after a short break. So, Nima... Transfer trends, um, your regular section, over to you, mate. Great. So I think I just prefaced this by saying this is our third episode of The Compass Show, and this is the first week where the transfer trends have some sense of normality and kind of key patterns are emerging of who's being sold and who they're being replaced by. Um, I write this article every week for Fantasy Football Hub. I'm using this as my kind of initial insight into what we're seeing in the market how people are reacting maybe identifying some of the early bandwagons but also what might potentially just be knee jerks and perhaps we need to take a moment so without kind of further ado we have a quick look at the top kind of transfers in and out so this week jota is the most transferred in single-handedly with nearly three hundred thousand transfers in already um ian nacho is second way further behind with like sixty thousand transfers in and then the likes of kind of Lingard, Kane, Salah, Trent, they make up kind of the other kind of 50k transfers in each respectively. On the flip side, so Bale is the most transferred out. He's actually had a triple price drop, I think, in as much as three days in a row. Um, he's on about 140k sales. Gundogan is being sold ahead of Leeds. Um, crazy if you ask me. He could be a captaincy option if he's like looking ready to start. Bamford's being sold, Rafinha's being sold, Watkins, Dallas. I think the main trends we're kind of noticing at this stage are that Jota and um, Iheanacho are the two kind of most popular players being purchased. Um, If you look at the top 10 combinations across all positions, it's the likes of Rafinha, Gundogan and Bale making way for Jota and Watkins making way for Iheanacho. There's a few kind of Bale to Salah moves happening and some Bale to Sun moves as well as a very rogue kind of Dallas to Cody is the 10th most popular move. So I think we're seeing people jump off Leeds and Villa. They had them for blank game week 29. They had decent game week 30 fixtures. They both now face kind of City and Liverpool in 31 and 32 respectively. These are not great fixtures. Leeds don't even have a good fixture in the blank 33. So I totally understand why this is happening, why people are selling these players. Um, But the most telling thing is that this is the week of Diego Jota. So not only are people going to be bringing him on mass, but... I think the question previously was, can Jota cover Salah? People this week have been um, trivially making the comment of, can Salah actually cover Jota? So I'll leave that for the viewers to figure out. But 
I think for me, Jota is as well as Salah. I don't think he's instead of, but I know people have their own opinions on that. So going into kind of then each position, um, unless you had any thoughts, Mariner, on the top 10? Well, I was only just going to mention that, you know, people are transferring, you know, 289,000 people have transferred players in at this stage in a game week. You know, before the, the Champions League game, before the game finished, before the Champions League game, you know, I, I do think if you can hold, uh, and I'd say this every week, if you can hold, hold, hold late, hold till as late you can, sit on your hands a little while because, you know, we've all maybe you've now got an Antonio shaped problem on your hands. Um, yeah, like imagine so, you sold Watkins this week. Um, and like it's actually Antonio's out for like three games or something, and you could have sold him instead. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think I totally okay, agree so with that. I think people move very quickly early in the week. Yeah. Um, so just going to the forwards really quickly. So um, we are seeing kind of as well as Watkins and Bamford making way for Ian Acho, Calvert Lewin is also being sold, um, and a little bit of Antonio. I think we are seeing beyond just Ian Acho as a transfer in. Those who didn't already have Kane, they're kind of finally accepting it and moving in on him. There's a few Lacazettes, I think, because of the Sheffield game. And there's the hope that, you know, Arsenal have a good run of fixtures going into the end of the season. I think previously I touted Aubameyang over Lacazette. After the last few games, I think it's the other way around. I think I would be going Lacazette if I wanted an Arsenal attacker. Seeing a few Vardy purchases as well. So I do like the Leeds, uh, sorry, not Leeds, the Leicester games that are coming up, but... They face kind of West Ham next. Um, that's not a great fixture for me. I'd rather use that as a scouting game and then kind of determine whether Ian Acho is just enough and maybe you don't need to spend the three million on Vardy. Um, I, I would kind of be waiting on that Leicester striker this week, um, even though Ian Acho is very good value for money. He is being brought in by everyone. I, I don't quite see that yet. Like, I'd rather take a punt this week um, and look at my Leicester players in game week 32, is it? Yeah, 32 onwards. Mm. Hmm. Just um, is there anything on strikers you had? Oh well, I, I just want to know why why my mate Joe Linton on the t in in the transfer trends. I, I oh, guess oh. he's probably somewhere in there, but uh, <laughs> maybe like on the fiftieth or seventieth most transferred in somewhere far. That, like he's going to be one of those guys who's being transferred out by as many as he's being transferred in net zero. <laughs> more on Joe, more on Joe Linton in the matchup show. <laughs> the other thing, Walk, Watkins, um, the the uh, men, discussion on Twitter quite a lot this week, a little bit of a sale, 2.8%. He scored. You know, he's a poacher. Yes, you know, he does. He is the carpenter. I have christened him the carpenter now because he likes woodwork. But that said, he was in the right place. That was a poacher's goal. You know, that he's... That he's He's a funny yes, one. I isn't think he, I don't know that was a good seven him. points from him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. Um, I would bring so him I in. think if you could keep him, yeah, I wouldn't be buying him. No, no, no. If you had him, like I own him, and I was going to sell him for Lacazette, um, then I thought maybe I sell him for Ian Nacho. Um, if I don't find someone that I actually want to buy for him, I could see myself benching him for the next two because um, in game week thirty three, when the blank happens and Spurs and City are missing out, and I've obviously got people like Kane, Son, Gundogan, Diaz, like. I have so many players who are not going to play. Um, in that week, I think it is, Villa actually have a decent game with 33 fixture at home to West Brom. So that's kind of why I'm keeping Concert as well. Like I was going to sell Concert to a Chelsea defender in game week uh, 30. 
and I didn't because I thought I actually want to sell Dallas, but Dallas had the Sheffield game. I thought I want Dallas for this game. Obviously, I was a fool. I might as well have sold him. Um, but now I've got the two free transfers. I've got more flexibility. I think um, I might consider keeping Watkins um, and actually selling Bamford because Bamford, um, he also has two terrible fixtures coming up in City and Liverpool, but his game week 33 fixtures actually Man United. Um, So, like, if I was going to keep one of Watkins or Bamford, I don't think it would be Watkins I'd be selling out of the two, if I'm honest. No, No, I tend to to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. Okay, so uh, back to you, buddy. So, going into the midfielders, um, I think we already said kind of Gundogan, Rafinha and Bale. They are the three that are being sold off in the masses, all for Diego Jota. Um, in fact, Jota is so popular that um, he makes up seven out of the 10 most popular midfielder transfer combos. So he's a good 70% appearance there. Um, and then the other kind of three players who make an appearance beyond him are Salah, Son, and De Bruyne. So I think we can kind of see why each of them are being brought in. You know, Salah's got yeah. amazing fixtures to the end of the season. He's going for that golden boot against Kane. It's looking very head-to-head. It's quite a tight game. Son, I think the people selling Bale, a lot of them just want to move sideways to Son. Um, if that was me, I wouldn't really be getting Son before Man United. I'll be honest. Like I'd probably be taking a one-week punt on someone else. Um, but each to their own, right? Like, Man, I'd... Bale is my worst transfer in this season by a country mile. I, I mean, what a shocking move. Uh, I, it's so bad. I, I'm not surprised he's on four four of the ten um, combinations at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I feel we all wanted to say, like, keep him just for this Newcastle game. Like, maybe he's not burnt his bridge that much with Mourinho. Oh. But I, I think at this stage, like, when you've got Vinicius actually starting as well, like, well, look, put it this way: when Son wasn't even fit to start and Bale still didn't start, that was worrying for me. That that was the stage where I thought, "This is it. His time is disaster. up here." Disaster! Disaster! <laughs> I think just I think just on the final position, so the defenders' position. This is seeing a lot more kind of um, chaos. It's not just very clear, straight lines. And for those of you who are watching along on uh, YouTube, so far you will have seen the kind of the diagrams with the different directions. For anyone who's listening on podcast and missed this, um, I also do a transfer trends uh, thread every week. So keep a lookout on my pinned tweet. And in a few days' time, there'll be like loads of these visuals from Fancy Football Fix, where I get them from. So again, I'll just mention them because they have a great uh, tool for price changes as well as um, actual transfer trends. So on the defense side, um, interestingly, so the defenders being brought in, they're either kind of the super premium, most expensive defender in the game, Trent Alexander-Arnold, or it's all the way on the flip side, the four million starting uh, Liverpool centre-back Phillips. So it's kind of like, I think the questions will come up later. Like, are you going to have triple Liverpool? And if so, is it a Trent that's your third player? Or do you say three million and get a Phillips as an enabler, I think? Um, and then the final defender is actually Cody from uh, Wolves. He makes up about four of the 10 most transferred in defenders combinations. I, I don't think I'd be looking at Cody, especially after tonight when Wolves let in three goals. Um, I think that was a sign to every wildcarder that maybe you want one Wolves defender as a punt, but we had some questions in the Q&A about, should I get two? Um, I think this should be fair warning to you why you don't want two. And if you did want one, I'd be going for size over Cody, is my opinion. Um, but basically, it's just Cody, Trent, and Phillips. 
there is Diaz. So there's some, the eighth most popular move is actually Cancelo to Diaz. I think Diaz missed one game through a bug and that's it. Like the guy does not rest. He is a machine. He's the Terminator. Um, I, I don't care if Pep wants to win four cups. Diaz will be there basically playing minutes in every game to win them all. So if you do want one City player, it is probably Diaz for me if you only had one on your wild card. Yeah, very interesting on Wolves. And uh, I'm going to move back onto the fixture difficulties and the predictions for this week in a moment. And I think you have just rubber-stamped what I am going to show uh, and explain it in a minute. So um, thank you, Nima. Um, as always, a fantastic section and something that I really look forward to every week and uh you know as always we will timestamp all these sections on uh youtube um so that you can uh, move quickly to whichever section you find most appealing obviously we hope you watch it all um so okay another little break and then back to me um for the fixture difficulties And here we are. So now what we've done is we've updated the stats for game week 30 with the exception of the Everton and Palace game. So um, that's the caveat. Um, so uh, we'll come to that in a minute. Uh, the reason for that is we're just recording so, so close to the uh, end of the games. And unfortunately, the Everton Palace um, game didn't update in time. Um, so again, if you would like to come to the YouTube channel, uh, please do uh, pause and have a quick look at this. because I think it's quite useful to look at. Um, but from the perspective of the pod uh, listeners, uh, let me just talk through where we are. So attack, we have uh, at the top still Manchester City, 1.4. Liverpool second, 2.4. Chelsea third, 2.7. Brighton fourth. 2.8 and West Ham fifth or equal fourth actually 2.8 and at the bottom of the attacking fixture difficulty so the worst counting up Crystal Palace 5.7 Sheffield United 4.9 Fulham 4.2 Arsenal and Villa 4.1 very very interesting um, and defence at the top Chelsea 1.5 man city 2.4 man united also 2.4 brighton 2.5 and palace 2.6 that is wrong okay that is definitely wrong on the basis of what we've seen overnight so let's assume that is going to change um so let's look at leeds and liverpool possibly as going above them i would say um and at the bottom, Sheffield United, seven, still bad, still as bad doesn't as it gets. Doesn't improve at all then. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Burnley, 5.3, second worst, dreadful. It was pointed out, I think, on Twitter as well that Burnley are really struggling now. Wolves, five, third worst. We're talking about defensive, bringing, bringing Wolves defenders in? That's not very appealing. But then you're talking about Arsenal. They're fourth worse. So these two teams that have been championed as fixture difficulty, uh, 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 you know, changes in the fixture difficulty, right? 
They've been championed as teams to bring in, and look where they are. We've been saying it for a while. I wasn't convinced. I think I'm even less convinced now than I was before. And Southampton, fifth worst at 4.1. Um, notably, on the attacking side, Wolves went from 18th to 12th. And yes, from a defensive side... that is exciting. Side, that is a nice change. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And uh, so are we in a position where we might be renaming the pod to Neto that hole? <laughs> I think um, it's, if Jimenez really is back before the end of the season, um, it makes Neto a lot more appealing. I think he's definitely a punt at this stage, yeah. at best. I can't claim that. Someone said it on Twitter. Someone else, not me. <laughs> Neto that and, hole. <laughs> not me. Um, and defensively, notably, West Ham dropped from 5th to 11th. Now, what's important to say here is that there's always a possibility that um, you lose a fixture at the front end, and you gain a fixture, and you gain get, lose numbers at the uh, in the history, and gain the most recent one. So it's a double switch. So it's always worth considering, and it is six game weeks. But that that's the caveat. So okay, let times not really against us, but we're doing okay. But let's now quickly look at the predictions, Nima, um, for. Yep. For this week so on the back of what we've just seen um we'll start talking through the games so the first one fulham against wolves all right so fulham attack are ranked 18th against wolves defense 18th wolves uh, attack ranked 12th against fulham defense 8th so i've gone for a 1-1 draw You've gone for a 1-0 Fulham win. Does that change your mind at all on the basis of what you've seen uh, overnight? Um, I think Wolves definitely seem a bit better, but I, I think Fulham, like, they're generally quite calm. They, they obviously had a bit of a shocker recently, but um, I have a feeling, like, if they are going to stay up, like, this is really it, like, they have to win these games against teams like Wolves who've been like completely out of form most of the year. Like if they're not going to get a win here, like I don't know how many more wins there are out there for them to get really. Um, and they, I think they've played an extra game as well compared to Newcastle. So even if they win their game in hand, they just about go ahead of Newcastle and they're relying on Newcastle losing that game in hand. So they, they need to get this win. Um, and I think maybe I'm a bit biased because like Fulham Craven Cottage is just like walking distance from where I live so I'm optimistic they'll stay up so that I can actually maybe go there next year while they're still in the Premier League hopefully <laughs> <laughs> I mean looking at the numbers again just I won't read them out but from the perspective of them they are neutral or red for both uh for both attack and defense so that suggests that neither attack or defense for either side is particularly tearing any trees up and I think that's fair to say um yeah. moving on then manchester city against leeds um manchester city ranking first obviously for attack against leeds ranking sixth for defense and leeds ranking ninth for attack against city's second for defense um so i went for a three nil city win even with the rotation and you've gone for four one you think they might score yeah i i think I think Leeds have enough in them to get a goal here. But um, the question is, which of the two assets will it be? Will it be 
Rafinha or Bamford and are both of them on your bench or is only one of them on your bench this week? I think there's some really horrible matchups this game week. Um, a lot of managers will be forced to field one of the Leeds or Villa attack, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and again, just with respect to colours, um, obviously City are green, Leeds are neutral or green. So it could be a good game. It could be a good game given the rotation. There's always a possibility. I'm not quite sure about that, that clean sheet I predicted. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see how that comes to pass going forwards. Uh, okay, the next game: Liverpool against Villa. Um, Liverpool ranking two now in attack, last six against Villa nine, um, and Villa's uh, ranking sixteen in attack against Liverpool's defence of seven. So clearly, Villa's attack is still struggling. Um, I've gone for a two nil. Liverpool win and you've gone for a 2-1 win the the variable here again is Dean Smith and Grealish right yeah like it, it just completely depends like I said it to you last week right like everyone everyone said there was photos of Jack in training um I it sounds like he has picked up something that might keep him out for another four weeks as an actual training ground injury so maybe for once like the injury was post pre-conference uh, press conference sorry from Dean Smith Maybe he didn't lie this time, like I accused him of last pod. But either way, like I don't think it's looking good for Grealish and his England chances for the Euros. Um, I think it might even be damaging to his kind of transfer options in the summer in terms of being bought by another club. Um, if yeah. he's genuinely out for another four weeks with a training round injury that's just like a phantom injury on top of a five-week injury that was meant to be one game, it's starting to look a bit worrying for him that he's even going to get back this season at this rate. Mm. And particularly worrying again. I, I know that they did um, you know, have a bit of a, a bit of fun for the last few minutes um, this week, but generally speaking, Villa's attack has been been pretty poor. Which which again perhaps points as to an early move for a Liverpool defender. Perhaps um, is one thing I was thinking about. Um, so yeah, next one: Crystal Palace against Chelsea. So um, Crystal Palace. Uh, attack ranking last against Chelsea's defence top. So if that isn't a clean sheet, I don't know what is. Maybe FPL General's going to get his treble uh, treble defensive return this week. If he doesn't, I'll be very surprised. Um, Chelsea um, attack third against Palace defence fifth. I've already said I think that's wrong. Um, I think that'll be that'll be a bigger. Um, difference than than what it's showing um i've gone for a 2-0 chelsea win you've gone for a 1-1 draw yeah i'm just kind of expecting them to be tired from europe and to kind of um get a little bit shell-shocked about that result against west brom and i think for me like small details like that like the stats won't pick up on that and it won't show that like what the impact of maybe like a training ground bust up would have like maybe it's being exaggerated but i always say there's no smoke without fire right so even if it's being exaggerated something is up and it's the first time that it's not all rosy over at the new management so yeah i, I thought I'm zoom was terrible though i thought zoom well, was, zoom terrible. was terrible yeah <laughs> i'm surprised if he plays it wouldn't be surprised if uh, the the rotation worries have been resolved on the back of that result <laughs> yeah, no, precisely. You know, you know, and with Thiago suspended, I think it's probably a bit safer going for Rudiger again this week than it yeah. may have been previously. Um, no, I think I he's fine. Um, 
No, I agree. And uh, Burnley against Newcastle. Um, so, okay, Burnley, 13th rank for attack against Newcastle, 13th. That's neutral. Newcastle, 11th um, attack against Burnley, 19th. Um, obviously, Burnley didn't do very well at the weekend. I've gone for a 2-1 Newcastle win. And you've gone for a 1-0 Newcastle win. So we're both going for Newcastle to perhaps turn a corner here. Yeah, so I think this is similar to the whole Fulham argument I put forward earlier. Um, I, I expect Newcastle to kind of know that, like, this is it. Like, they need to win that game in hand to keep putting that pressure on Fulham to give up. They don't want Fulham to have any hope going into the final weeks. Like, if Newcastle is serious about not getting relegated, um, Kenny needs to start putting some performances in. And it sounds like Wilson is just around the corner and St. Maximan, you mentioned, might be back soon as well. So... I think they've been severely missing those players and just seeing how many shots they managed in the box and big chances against Spurs. Like, I consider Spurs a more difficult opponent than Burnley. So I think this is Newcastle's game as well if they want to kind of protect themselves from Fulham. Unless the wall, that is Nick Pope, can keep them out. That's the only, uh, that's, that's the only thing I would say there. Okay, so that's the first five. So moving on to the second five, uh, West Ham against Leicester next. Uh, West Ham attack rank fifth against Leicester defence tenth, and Leicester attack rank sixth against West Ham eleventh. So attack over defence here. I see goals. I've gone for two one, and you've gone for even more goals. You've gone for three two. Yeah, I think the, so. I put this in before I saw Antonio go off injured. I think. Um, yeah, there is that. <laughs> Like, I was expecting it to be like a good game for him because I know he generally does seem to do quite well against like the top teams. I think this is a top of the table clash. Um, never thought I'd be saying that before the season started, uh, but it really is. Leicester versus West Ham, top four, both of them fighting for their dear lives to get that Champions League spot. Yeah, I, I do game. think West Ham can win this though. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I think this is one of the games of the week in terms of pure entertainment. I think so. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And uh, But I'm not going to say the same for this one because I'm not quite sure it will be that entertaining. Uh, the next one is Spurs against Man U. Uh, much to, please uh, don't unfollow us if I just say that. But Spurs rank eighth for attack against United, third for defence. And Man United rank tenth for attack against Spurs, twelfth. Um, so I've gone for a 1-1 draw. You've gone for a 2-1 United win, mate. Yeah, so I think, like, for me, Greenwood's kind of re-emergence, as you say, like, that goal, he took it really well. Him wanting to kind of step up to the mantle, take that extra responsibility with Marshall out. I also think, like, United are, like, in second, but it's not comfortable. Equaled with kind of West Ham beating Leicester, I think United will then want to take advantage of that kind of prediction I had and extend that little lead and get a bit comfortable in second place um plus it will help them right for the cup runs going into the end of the season i think confidence is really important trying to win those trophies and if they can kind of make sure they keep on to second and don't get complacent and just think that oh we've got top four wrapped up and then end up in third or fourth by the end of the year like they might as well aim for second right so i think united are a very good team and i think they're actually being overlooked by many on wildcard um like, yes, there's lots of options like Arsenal and Wolves that have better fixture swings maybe. 
but everyone's kind of got Bruno. I think he's going to break the record for most points ever scored by a player in a season. And I can't see you going wrong with adding someone like Shaw to that or Greenwood as well. So I don't think a double or triple United is very far off, to be honest, from happening or becoming no, template. I, I did tinker with the draft and there was also awful lot of red in my team, to be honest with you, where I might want to be in a few weeks' time. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe talk a bit more on that with uh, Surya and the wildcard special, which is uh, coming up in the matchup show, which is something I think you should all watch. But um, it's certainly going to be going to be fabulous to to hear from Surya. Um, the next one then, Sheffield United against Arsenal, and again, you know, just for the for the viewers or for the listeners, um, Spurs and Manchester United was more of a neutral sort of colour. West Ham and Leicester were more greens, and Sheffield United against Arsenal is red, proper red. You know, uh, just a bit like my one of my drafts for going forwards. Sheffield United ranked 19th for attack against Arsenal's 17th for defence. And Arsenal ranked 17th um, for attack against Sheffield United last. What's going on, Nima? This is horrendous. I've gone for a 2-1 Arsenal win, that said, and you've gone for a 2-0 win. That's hard again, is it? <laughs> no, so, so I think Arsenal haven't kept like a clean sheet in the league and like that must have been the 10th game now. I think it was nine games before the Liverpool match. So 10 games now, they've not kept the clean sheet. Um, it's a gambler's fallacy, but I'd like to say if they can't keep one against Sheffield, the 19th worst attack in the league, like then when else is it due? So for me, like this is the game they get the clean sheet, like surely now or never. Like they're not going to get another one at the end of, until the end of the season if they can't get this one. Brewster, first bench. Binary Brewster is going to get his return. He is. Binary Brewster. There we go. That's your 2-1, that's your right? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be at all surprised that they score. Uh, you know, I, I just think looking at that, Arsenal look really quite leaky um, at, the, so. at the moment with respect to the numbers. Um, and, of course, Sheffield United haven't really got a lot to play for anymore. So maybe they'll just give it a go. You know, yeah, maybe they don't uh, have as much of fear because they know that they're kind of gone and dusted out of the league regardless. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. The next one's an interesting one as well. West Brom, who are fighting for their lives against a real six-pointer, this, isn't it, actually? Um, so West Brom against Southampton. West Brom attack, 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 attack rank 15th uh, against Southampton's 16th defence. And Southampton attack now ranking seventh against West Brom 14th. I think we saw a resurgence in Southampton, which gives me the idea. I think it'll be a 3-1 Southampton win. And you've gone for a 2-1 win, Nima. Yeah, so I, I think just seeing Ings back and firing, as you said earlier, that was quite exciting. That, that was something that... I I think will recover their season a bit. They've been terrible lately. Um, I think Southampton has for like one win in 14 games just a few weeks ago. So they've really um, been struggling of late, uh, this calendar year especially. Have, having said all that, West Brom, like I, I just can't see them fighting to survive relegation. Like I think they're gone. I think they're there with Sheffield. They're gone. Like For me, Fulham's the only one that might just about pull off some kind of great escape. I just think, again, though, they just played without any fear. I know they only played against 10 men for a long time, but they played without fear. So that that 3-1 might even be 3-2. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say there. But I'm certainly going for a Southampton win. I think they've got enough to turn them over. And as I say, I think Ings might be a, 
an excellent captaincy option, even if it's just a short short term, you know, dip in, dip out. Because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with captaincy this this week. I know we'll come on to that on um, on the on the Friday show on the matchup show. And finishing this section, Brighton against Everton. Well, Brighton ranked fourth in attack against Everton, now fifteenth. Of albeit again, the caveat is that these numbers are not quite right because of the Everton fixtures not getting not the Everton update not coming through. And Everton fourteenth attack against Brighton fourth. Um, I, I don't know. I just I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring affair, and I've gone for a one-one draw. And you've gone for a 2-0 Everton win. Is that on the back of watching Rodriguez overnight? I heard a little dicky. Yeah, so for me, like, he, well. he looked quite good. Yeah, so I, he, he had like a few key passes. He had three shots himself, two off target. But he seemed to be thriving playing in that kind of number 10 role behind two strikers. So I, I'm interested to see whether they kind of persist with that 3-4-1-2 formation or if they go back to something a bit more traditional. Um but no, I, I really like the look of Rodriguez. He, he looks really good. Um, I, I also think that Brighton, um, they're, they're a bit of a basket case team. Like, you don't really know what to expect from them. Like, I, I've put 2 0 with Everton, and I've currently got Dunk starting in my back three for the next game week, which I'm sure you'll see on the next slides. But, like, I, I just don't expect him to get me any points. I'm starting him because I don't have any other choice. But, I, I don't think Brighton can beat Everton personally. Like Everton, um, their game in hand, they win that. They're above both Liverpool and Spurs. Like for all of Everton's sins, like again, I would have been shocked if you told me 30 games into the season they would be above Liverpool, Spurs, and Arsenal. Like that, that's just crazy. Yeah. I think they've got to uh, win a game like that if they want to get top six. Uh, and their ranks are not great, you know, 14th and 15th, albeit it's going to improve because of the, the numbers which they had overnight. And I, I've not got those to hand, but I think Everton's numbers overnight were pretty favourable. So, of course, that's yeah. going to give them a little bit of a boost. Um, but Brighton, you know, they're, st they're green on this fixture difficulty and they've been there for a while, to be fair. So, I mean, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe Crystal Palace fans will call them basket cases. But, <laughs> I mean, from a from a statistical point of view, they're most definitely not. Yeah, but, you know, we also know that they'd be first if, you know, it was expected points or whatever. But they're not. They're fighting relegation almost. No. So, I think, like, it's all well and good creating chances. But if you don't have a striker, that's a different story. Sign me up for whoever the Brighton number one striker is next year. If they buy someone this summer, I will put him into my FPL team. If they, like, I will go as far as saying that. Like, You're right, Brighton look insane from an underlying statistics point of view. What they're probably missing is that clinical striker. Like Morpé, Welbeck, these guys, like, they're not going to carry Brighton to like a top 10 finish. No. No, I, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, the, the, I heard rumour that, what was it, but Bernie was going to, was it Wolves? It was, they were talking about it going to. I was like, no way, you know, pick a decent striker. Goodness sake, you know. <laughs> right, anyway. Um, yeah, they definitely need one. They need one. They do. Yeah, you're right. They need that, they need that clinical finisher. And because, uh, you know, to be fair, Potter's got on playing football. They just can't finish anything. Um, so, they used to have um, their good old guy Glenn Murray, was it? Like he oh, was, I was like, legend, right? Murray, like I mean, he was. Like, I, 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 have, I have to be careful about this. I don't want to sound too disrespectful to footballers, but Glenn Murray was 
a bit of a creaking gate for a few years, wasn't he, to be fair? But he had the habit of finishing, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. So he could finish, but like he's not the type of player Potter would want as a long-term no, striker. And no, no. They need and someone to replace. I don't think they replaced him basically. And they they not replaced his goals. Like no. he was scoring a lot of goals every season, and they've not replaced that. They should go out and sign Giroud, who sat rotting on the Chelsea bench at the moment. That's who they should go and get. I think they would do well with him. I don't know if yeah, I do. There, but. <laughs> I do too. That would be the sort of player though, wouldn't it? I know he wouldn't go, but I doubt it. But anyway, okay, so that's that section. Thanks, Nima. I think there's... Uh, um, again, guys, please give us some feedback on this because we've done it slightly differently this week to try and compress this pod because otherwise it could take off into a really long one, which we don't want to happen. So do give us some feedback. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, we'll see how our predictions do this week and whether the Mariner to go, in, go into almost a 3-0 unassailable win, which means Nima's buying me beers when I come to London. <laughs> it's getting dangerously close to those unchartable. As, as somebody from the North, if anyone buys somebody from the North beers, it's a bit like Game of Thrones, this, isn't it? From the wall. <laughs> uh, anyone from the North, you know, really enjoys people buying them beers. It really does. <laughs> All right, mate. So, right, we're going to move on to the um, plans and then we'll take some questions. So I'll just, again, just uh, just give us a quick second for a, a drink and a pause. Okay, Nima. So plans. Have you got any? I don't think I have. <laughs> we'll come on to mine in a minute. Over to you. So I was going to wildcard originally, but um, because I didn't buy my Chelsea defender or take the Alonso punt last week, um, I actually have two free transfers and 1.6 million in the bank now. So I've got a current 11 staring in front of me right now. So I've got Ariola against Wolves at home, Johnston against Southampton at home. Those two, I'm not sure which one I'm going to start. It's Ariola for now. I've then got Dunk against Everton at home, Kufal against Leicester at home, and Diaz against Leeds at home as my free defenders. My sub-defenders are Concer against Liverpool away and Dallas against City away. Uh, my mid midfield is equally kind of fighting each other. So I have Fernandez against Spurs away. I then have Son and Kane playing him. I have Aubameyang against Sheffield. That He was actually my bus captain when I loaded up the game. Then I watched him play against... Uh, Liverpool, and I've, he's not even my vice-captain anymore now. Rafinha has made the cut into the 11 for now at the cost of Bamford first on the bench. I also have Gundogan and Watkins. So my captain is Kane against United. Gundogan's my vice-captain pending his minutes against Dortmund in the Champions League. My kind of early thoughts on transfers. So I want to sell Oba. I want to probably get Diego Jota for that. With that, I want to then upgrade Watkins. Um, my thinking had been Lacazette for these fixtures. I'm not so hot on that. Um, Vardy, I'm also not as convinced on. He has like one goal in 14 game weeks. Um, he had the 0xG, 0xA in the last game, as you said. Ian Nacho, he's a lot cheaper. I think he could cover Vardy for me. So I want to give them this West Ham to decide. So having said that, one of Watkins or Bamford will be sold. I'm not sure who yet. I, I do kind of think that I might be really excited and get carried away and buy someone like an Aguero just for the pure nostalgia pick if he doesn't start <laughs> against Dortmund. And I might just captain him against Leeds 
for that 4-1 prediction score I had. Um, if not, I also like Jesus, so he's there. Um, if I don't get Jota, because it's Villa, that he's facing this week, again, I could do like an Aubameyang to a Mares. So there's a few options. Like I basically want to captain a City player this week against Leeds, and whether it's a Mares or a Jesus I'm bringing in, I don't know yet, but Aubameyang is probably leaving. And I think at the worst case, just to wrap up, like, if I was to keep Watkins, um, one thing I have looked at is like an Aubameyang to Mares and Dallas to Trent, and then just basically um, play four defenders and play Trent as well. So I might actually prefer to get Trent now to partner with like a Mares mm-hmm. and then turn Mares into like a Salah when the blank game week 33 happens. But yeah, I'm happy. there's a lot of options essentially. Like there's so many players out there. And the bottom line is because I'm now not going to wildcard, I could even go as far as free transfers and a minus four to do like a mini wildcard. Hmm. So I think the moral of the story there is check out your article on Fantasy Football Hub later in the week, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like um, I'll be doing my team reveal as well on uh, All About FPL. Yeah, and that's right. I have yes. no idea. Like, there's going to be like an A, B, C, D options. Yeah, There's going to be like four <laughs> options of potential moves. But it could be wor- you could be worse. You could just have a team with a load of holes in it like me because I didn't even bother doing anything i've not even selected a team i just don't know what the hell i'm doing at the moment um at the moment i've you can see that i for the for the benefit of everybody my squad my squad is martinez and Ariola. who starts out of those two maybe Ariola. um a spiller that could be dangerous couldn't it a spiller stone shaw cresswell adara bio i can say his name now um gundawan fernandez son Rafinha, Bale taken out for the perspectives of people who are listening. Um, Bamford, Kane and Antonio also taken out for the benefit of people listening. Where am I going with this? I, I, I'm i not sure about Cresswell. I think he might be too expensive if West Ham are getting leaky with uh, the Declan Rice issue. So he might come out. Um at some stage, maybe not this week, but perhaps next week. Um, Gundogan, I've got a problem with, of course, because we all have. Fernandez and Son, I'm happy with. Rafinha, I think I'll probably just hold. I think he's just a, a. Even though the fixtures are rubbish, I think he can just sit high on the bench and just you know, there's always a chance with Rafinha's numbers that he can get something right in the way Leeds play. So I'm quite happy with that. Bamford, I'm a bit. I'm not sure about. I think I'd lose Bamford before Rafinha. Kane, very happy with going nowhere. And Antonio, well, flagged now by the sound of things, went off injured. I've no idea what's happened to him. I haven't watched the game. I I have no news off Twitter. So I haven't got a clue. But if he's out for any length of time, that's a problem. Big issue I've got here, Nima, is I don't know which captain. I'm really struggling for captaincy. I would probably stick it on Gundogan uh, as it stands. But who do I bring in? Do you know? Do I bring a, a Jotter in? Do I bite the bullet and go Lingard and cover Lingard now? Because I think it's almost a cover move, actually. Um, yeah, I think I... he's already got like the differential points. Like any of yeah. us getting onto Lingard now is a safety move. It's, it is, and I think I might have to go that way. And um, the the Antonio thing, I think that might open up I have to check how much i've got in the bank actually i'm not even checked that uh 
let me quickly look i've got three million in the bank so um that being the case you know i can if i want to take antonio up to a lacazette which i was which was my initial plan or bamford up to lacazette but maybe the danny inks move is for me this week um, yes i think um, do you, you've used your wildcard haven't you already as well? yeah i have yeah. so do i move to danny ings one move captain him rot bail on the bench in the hope that he plays in 32 in the double game week or do i just wipe him out for a minus four but then i create myself a benching well not so much a benching headache because i've got rafinha and, and bamford playing city so i think i'm probably taking a hit here i think bail might well be the person who leaves as well yeah i think i can definitely see why you'd want to sell him i think it's time to get rid with bail um yeah I, I wouldn't even want to be holding him for 32. No. i think if there was like no major problems maybe but you can use him to kind of fund someone who's going to be far better to own like a jota and that yeah. extra money that can go a long way totally totally um so yeah so that's where i am so at the moment gundawan i'm thinking of captaincy I've, I've considered kane or bruno even um but you know I, I can't help but think there's nothing standing out there and if gundawan doesn't play then we've got a problem so i, I think that antonio move might be a it'll be a shame to lose antonio but if he's injured for a period of time it's gonna be a shame for west ham as well because their number could rapidly crash off you know yeah um, i think the captaincy is going to be a tough one this week um i agree i think we're going to see a real spread of captain options no totally agree with you totally agree with you okay so that's that section so now let's very quickly move on to the rapid fire q a's just to wrap up for today uh and uh we've got a few thankfully um I'm not sure if the clock's going to work. I'm going to try and start it. Um, but Because I think if we can, Neba, we'll try and cover these in the within the rapid fire if we run over a little bit. So if it's 30 seconds per question. Not right, the end of, yeah, I think so. I think we can try and cover them. I think, also, I think anything we missed will cover early, uh, later in the week, right? So on the live show. I also, correct. But I also think that a lot of these we've already spoken about in a roundabout That's way true. during the pod. So what I suggest people do is go back to the reviews and also the predictions because we've covered a lot of these queries actually without just in generally just talking around them right so yeah, that's a good uh, point so i would definitely check the timestamps and go to those sections yeah definitely definitely i think so so okay so um the first question then from fpl robin hood who do you think the best defenders are on a wild card is it going cheap at the back of viable option now he's given us a list of rudiger phillips kufal cody and holding um how many of the rotation risk players are acceptable in your team how would you like to try and it's, it's probably a tough one to answer within 30 seconds but whoops <laughs> it's not working but let's, let's uh, I just assume that it's 30 seconds i think the main thing is that, it's, yeah. it's, it's breakfast time in yeah. singapore things are going to go wrong <laughs> wouldn't be a wouldn't be I think I, I would only get two rotations. yeah we, we've gotten we've done well so far to get to this point um <laughs> no i get i guess i would only really have maybe two rotation defenders just because um i've been in that situation where you don't have a third playing defender and you end up fielding 10 players so i don't think that's ever fun um and looking at the five that he's given us um I'm not so sure. Like they all seem like starters, but 
you never know like when someone like a Rodrigo Phillips or holding any of those three, they could just one day stop playing. So I think that's too much risk for me. I like his other options. Um, so I'd be going for like a free premium picks, like a Shaw, maybe a Trent, maybe even an Aspilicueta over a Rudiger. So I think I'd be getting like two, three of the more expensive five to six million defenders. And then maybe you have like holding plus Phillips. Like I like that as a combo. Yeah. But I wouldn't have Holding Phillips and Rodiger. Like if I had Holding and Phillips, I'd be using that extra money to have Aspilicueta. Like otherwise, like, like what have you freed up the funds for? So like maybe let us know on Twitter if your team's needs the funds for something. But I, there's so many value assets in midfield and forwards. I, I don't know what you'd be using all that extra money for. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, okay, the next one from at ag underscore fpl. Is double Wolves defence good on a wild card, seeing their run to 34? Well, I think we've probably answered that. The answer is no. Um, yeah, I think maybe one size. is the punt. Maybe size is our, Just I think, size. our view. Okay. The next one, uh, uh, this is from Rakthim Sen, so at, at Rakthim S. If you were on a free hit, which fixtures would you target and which players? Um, he's talking also mentioned as a caveat safest picks from Man City so I think it's hard to target any City players isn't it like specifically yeah. I think you have to wait to see the Dortmund match and it is going to be very much a calculated punt like you're just going to have to play the odds for me the the hot picks that I'm looking at right now because I'm with you I want to captain a City player uh, either Mares or Jesus I think Aguero is there, but I'd say he's third after both of those, in my opinion, in terms of rankings. Um, I don't know, is there any other kind of teams outside of City? So I know that we were saying kind of Danny Ings versus West Brom, maybe Lacazette versus um, Sheffield. They're all kind of worthy of a free hit, I would say, like punts yeah. that other people can't afford to have. And you don't want them in your team long term, maybe just for this game. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think Southampton, I would probably look at. I would look at Ings for sure. Um, I might even have a look at someone like Armstrong because I thought he looked eye test wise, he looked he looked okay. Um, so that might be a way you've obviously got Lacazette, you've got Odegaard, who again seems to everyone talks about him, but you know, he he also entered the hall of shame last week, um, or this week. So it's it's one of those, I mean, who else has got good fixtures? Um, you know. Liverpool, obviously, attack is turning now to their favour. Um, and I'm just looking down now. Hmm. Not a lot else, really. I, th I think that's probably where I would go and then just go with a go with a smattering of, shall we say, um, steady picks as well, I think. Anything to add on I that, mate? So. Yeah, I think you want the core players. Yeah, you definitely don't want to sell the kind of the key candidates like the Canes and Brunos like yeah. I know they play each other but you're gonna want them in your free hit like they could both do damage and they're both priced as they are for a reason yeah absolutely okay so the next question is from at puzzle underscore ps um who are the best priced mid price midfielders should say for the for the rest of the season and he's given us Rosprinia Jota Lingard or Mount and Gundo. So who would you uh, who would you pick out of those? I think Jota's got to be one of them, like as a kind of just 
value pick. Um, I, like, I would not be surprised if, he, you know, knowing what we knew before, that he was like a 10, 11 million player. The only reason he's priced at what he is is because when the game loaded, he was a Wolves asset, not a Liverpool asset back then. And he's been out injured for a while, so I think people have forgotten. He had four goals in three games for club and country before this game. This game has just made his stats even more impressive um, and the fixtures only get better from here. So for me, it's like Jota's the first name on the sheet in terms of whatever price point we're talking about. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. Uh, I think you've said that quite nicely. So we've got a question. Al Chanos has given us a load of questions, but I'm only going to pick one. Um, triple Liverpool? Maybe? I, I, I think, think so. so. If so, which three? Very, very quickly. Just try and limit you to 30 seconds. Uh, I think it has to be Jota, Salah and Trent. If you need the three million, I would turn Trent into Phillips just to have the three million, but have a starting centre-back from Liverpool. That's a nice way to do it. But I can't see why out of those four players you would be picking any other three, really. Like Robbo and Mane, not for me. Okay, and the last question for today from Bungle. Um, one of our good fo- uh, good friends from the Stereo Show and also is active on Twitter, is often asking us questions. Uh, lads, he says, I'm interested to hear some of your non-templatey, non-bandwagon punts for a game week 31 wildcard. I'm at 37k and still targeting 10k. Um, he's considering going a bit differential for the run-in. So, okay, I'm going to start you with Neto that hole. Yeah, I think uh, he's I like, definitely worth consideration. He's a punt. Now, who else? I'm I'm going to give you two names here, Nima, and they will be punts for now. I think. Watch this space. Is Jimenez coming back? Um, and also another reliable guy, Danny Ings. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like those. Um, I think. With Jimenez, like he's probably maybe still a while off, like for all yeah. we know. So, I, I would say, like, if you're making the wild card now, like in 31, and you, you can't obviously make that him. choice yet, no, yeah. But so, I don't think I can make that choice but the yet. reason I mention him is Neto because I think yeah, Neto, the positive, Neto the positive impact on Neto, um, may be quite significant on the back of Jimenez coming back in because he will change walls, won't he? Have you got any others? Uh, you'd want to bring up. So I think it's Mason Greenwood who we were talking about earlier. Like I think he yeah. could be quite an exciting pick going into the end of the season. Um, so I like Greenwood. Um, non-templatey. I'm just trying to think of like really outrageous picks. So I think like well, Aguero and Jesus are both like 0.1 percent owned in like the top 10k. So you yeah, know, like yeah. that's as differential as it gets in playing leads. Um, I think Mar is what I will say about him and Jesus is. If Pep looks like he's going to play like a false nine in the Champions League going forwards, then you would probably expect, what, Jesus to start six out of the eight fixtures that are left in the Prem? If you told me I could get like a City striker for nine mil and he's going to play six out of eight games, I'd take him. So I think he's both a punt, but also quite a good one if if you're confident that it is a false nine system in the Champions League and hence he will be given all the Premier League games or at least six out of eight of them anyway. Starting with Leeds, right? What better week to wildcard Jesus in than then? Easter weekend is just over. And, uh, and, uh, you know, again, this is where the the captain metric becomes, some of the rules for the captain metric 
take some players out. But uh, sneak peek, okay, I'm telling you now that there's a couple of players in that metric who are not showing who would be very high up. One of them is Jesus. Okay, and that's, I think, an important See, that is very exciting. That's an important point to make. So we'll have to keep an so, eye out on the matchups and captaincy show at the end of the week then and definitely see 100%. the captaincy metrics choice. Yeah. So you may decide that, and I'll explain to it, I'll explain on Friday or it's Thursday, I think, when we'll do it actually, not Friday, because it's obviously a Friday night deadline in Singapore, I think, overnight. Um, more challenges. Um, so we'll do that later in the week anyway. Um, so, so fine. Okay. Nice. So that's that um what is what else is it to say nima um thank you again so much buddy um we've, we've managed to keep it to around one hour 25 we're improving <laughs> i think well, well we had 10 games to review this time rather than we four right we did so let's try and get it to 75 minutes next week yeah. uh, but in any case i hope you guys are still with us i hope you've enjoyed it um Please, um, again, give us a, a like and a subscribe on YouTube. Um, please also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else, Nima. I think that's the main ones, isn't it? Yeah, so what I would like to add is um, I don't think you can leave reviews anywhere beyond Apple Podcasts. So if you do have an iPhone or an iPad, um, please support us as we're starting out. We've only got like a handful of reviews so far. And those reviews will go a long way to helping us reach new audiences. So if you enjoy the show, like, please do leave a review on iTunes. And, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. So we can always continue improving. This is our third episode. And it's the first week where we're on all the app directories. So please do give us a review. Let us know what you think. Fantastic. Fantastic. So as always, guys, please find Nima on Twitter at FPL Nima, myself at FPL Mariner. Nima's transfer trends on Fantasy Football Hub. Um, and we have also all about FPL, where you have your team reveal. Yeah. And apart from that, there's not a lot else to say, but we will see you on Thursday night. Um, joining me will be Lens uh, and also Surya from All About FPL. Surya is doing a wildcard special. Lens is putting his lens on Surya's players by the sound of things, who Surya's going to pick. So that'll be entertaining, whether they agree or not. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, but apart from that, not a lot else to say, but thank you very much. Take care, and we'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.